0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Rose, alongside Antoinette Phelps, previous Notre Dame Prep cheerleader and former MSU cheerleader. Antoinette, I know you have a couple updates for us regarding high school cheer and COVID-19.
1: Yes. So as of January 25th, this is the update for indoor sports, uh, basketball, competitive cheer being included, ice hockey and wrestling. They are going to remain paused until February 21st. This includes practices and competition per the most recent update to the emergency order from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. So not much movement there. Obviously, last week when we were talking, we were hoping that they would be well into practicing and possibly into their competition season so far, but as of now, Cheerleading is still going to remain on a pause and we will have a little bit more information towards the end of February.
0: Yeah, it's definitely hard not to be a little upset because it seemed like everything was rolling in the direction where they were going to be resuming. But we understand that the health and safety of our athletes is more important, and we're even kind of seeing that at the collegiate level right now. I feel like there's been a spike in COVID cases. You know, like with Michigan basketball, right? Um, you know, having to take that break with the new strand of COVID a few right. weeks ago. So you know, we'll just uh, have to wait and see. But on an exciting note, we do have a special guest coming on today. We feel like. We We've been giving you guys a lot of interviews with high school coaches. So this time around, we're bringing on a college coach. Yes.
1: So we have Michigan State University's head cheerleading coach, Elise Packard, on today. Um, Elise cheered in high school. She also uh, cheered at CMU University. She also was the assistant coach there. And now she is the head coach in her 11th season at Michigan State University. Um, Elise and I know each other from cheering that season at Pistons together, so that's how I know her, and I'm really excited to hear from her. I'm, I'm excited to hear how their season's been going, if they've even had one, um, and I know a lot of people are curious about college tryouts, so I'm interested to see what she has to say, whether or not this is going to be different or what plans they have in place, if any. I know this year is just kind of a little tricky with the pandemic and sports, so we'll see what she has to say about it.
0: Right, and I have a pretty good feeling that we're going to get some great insight here, especially with how to prepare yourself moving forward and wanting to be recruited to the college level, especially during COVID time. So to hear what's going on with her program and for you cheerleaders out there, both male and female, if you're interested in Michigan State, I'm sure she's going to have a lot of great things to expand on when it comes to that MSU cheerleading program. So before we get into our interview with the head coach at Michigan State University. Ready Set Cheer is presented by Lawrence Technological University. And in fact, LTU is forming its first ever competitive cheer and dance team in school history. Academic and athletic scholarships are now available. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. Just go to ltuathletics.com and click on the recruit yourself link. Here's more.
2: If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological
0: University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic
2: and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, esports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit ltuathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare.
1: Ready, Set, Cheer is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics, and by the Detroit Medical Center's sports medicine and physical therapy team. Check out the newest Game changer segments on State Champs Michigan's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram,
0: or YouTube page to get the latest in training and injury prevention techniques. And before we get started, one last announcement, I promise. (laughs) The application deadline for the DAC male and female athlete of the year awards has been extended. While we wait for the remainder of winter sports to start up, now is your time to apply. To apply, you need to have been an all state athlete or projected to be one this winter or spring. You need an overall 3.0 GPA, And you need to have exhibited some school leadership or had some community volunteer activity. Each nominee receives $1,000 in scholarship money, and the winners will receive $5,000. A wonderful red carpet gala in downtown Detroit will now take place in June. To apply, go to DACathleteoftheyear.com and download the application or click on the banner on our homepage at statechampsnetwork.com to take you to the website. All right, Antoinette, let's give everybody what they came here for. Let's do it. Now we're joined by head coach, Elise Packard. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about Michigan State cheerleading and our program. And we're definitely excited to have you on. I know, especially Antonetta, as she previously cheered for MSU, but this interview is all about you. So can you tell us a little bit about your cheerleading background? So I
2: cheered in high school, but actually only for two years. That was at Algonac High School. So we did MHSAA for a couple years there. It's a small school. I went on to cheer at Central Michigan University and ended up transitioning into the coach of the all-girl team and assistant coach at the co-ed, on the co-ed side of things. And I ended up, also leaving that position as I was entering into grad school and I also was the state director for Michigan for Universal Cheerleaders Association or UCA, which I staffed and worked there for 12 years total. Some of this all overlaps uh, and then I became the head coach of Michigan State cheerleading in 2010. So my cheer resume is long, but there's lots of overlapping.
0: It always takes a special kind of person to fulfill that role as a coach because you're building these relationships with your athletes. So what first inspired you to become a coach back when you were at CMU? I think that probably if I'm honest, I have a little bit of
2: control um, issues in my background, which I tell my team all the time. So even as a freshman, sophomore, I tended to kind of be the vocal leader just kind of stepping up and organizing things behind the scenes like t-shirt orders or if the coach needed help with uh, scheduling something or game logistics so I kind of did that type of organizing and as I became a junior and a senior on the team I don't know if we ever had official captains but kind of was one of the go-to leaders to just kind of take on anything that was needed whether that was Concerns from the team members to take to the coach or the coach needed help with certain things. So it just was kind of a natural skill set maybe, but probably more stemming from me needing to be in control of things. (laughs)
0: No, it's all right. I mean, communication universally across all sports is extremely important. And when you were talking about your background, you were mentioning UCA. I'm still getting pretty familiar with the (laughs) cheerleading world. So would you mind explaining that to me, like what that entails, your position?
2: Sure. So I kind of start usually for those that don't know the cheer world as well, but describe it as if you've ever watched cheerleading on ESPN. So have you ever seen that on ESPN? Uh, not specifically, no. So it comes up on certain times, but that is the company. So UCA and UDA, which is the dance um, side of that organization, they do camps and competitions all over the United States. So I started at 18 years old as a staffer, um, for camps in the summer of the Midwest region. So I would travel to Ohio or Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin to do summer camps. And as I graduated from undergraduate at, Michigan, or at Central Michigan, I didn't know what I wanted to do and a position opened up to become the director. So I then became the person scheduling the camps, recruiting teams to come to UCA, and I continued to
0: staff some camps also. Wow, that definitely does sound like a lot. Now I have some homework I got to go check out. I have the ESPN (laughs) app, so I'll have to go back (laughs) and watch. But, yeah, it sounds like you definitely have balanced a lot during your time, so it makes total sense that you're the head coach for MSU. Yeah, it was interesting, though. I was
2: 26, I think, when I got the job, and, you know, people kind of ask, how did you get it or, you know, what would you do? And I just thought, I don't remember. I think someone brought it up that I should apply and I was in graduate school at the time to become a therapist, and I thought, okay, I guess I could apply, not thinking I would get the job. I obviously did end up getting it, so that first year of my coaching was finishing grad school in Mount Pleasant and traveling back and forth six days a week to go to practices and games and living in Mount Pleasant and taking classes, so It was kind of a whirlwind how it got started, and and I'm not sure if you would have asked me then if I would be here 11 years later, but I've absolutely loved every experience I've been able to have at Michigan State, so it's been quite a roller coaster in a good way.
1: So, Elise, speaking of coaching, we've had a couple high school coaches on the podcast so far, but you're our first college coach, so why college coaching? Why not high school? What drew you to the college crowd?
2: I enjoy the age range. I think I learned a ton about myself uh, in college, not only just being a college student, but being a student athlete at Central Michigan and watching, just like knowing how much growth and enjoyment I got out of that time from 18 to 22, 23 years old. I really like working with that age range, and um, having my degree in professional counseling, like, I realized you can do a lot with that degree, and I liked the more advising piece of it versus the actual in-depth behavioral therapy, so I was able at Michigan State to not only coach, but I also was an academic advisor, so also helping students understand their path academically, which does come in handy as a coach at Michigan State also. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you did both of those. That's awesome. Yeah. For the first six years, I was part-time head coach and part-time academic advisor in the Department
1: of Sociology. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Well, I know you're busy now because you also coach the dance team as well. So we'll get, we'll get to that a little bit later. But I know one thing a lot of people are really wondering about, and I don't know how much info you have at this time in February, but what are the tryouts like at Michigan State? And if you don't know what it's going to be like yet, maybe you can just compare to how it had been in the past before the pandemic, and then what you think it could possibly be like this year.
2: Yeah, this year will be different. I think it actually, I'm going to try to think glass half full. So what can we take from this year and change? And I think we're going to transition into a hybrid, more of a recruiting, you know, early commit and a walk on tryout that's been a more traditional style for us. We haven't worked out all the bullet points or exactly how high school students are able to start that process, but I think by March we'll have a little, a better handle on that. There are a few things, if I go back to the traditional way, we've asked high school seniors to turn in a video in March to give us kind of a layout of their cheerability, their tumbling skills, their co-ed flying skills, and then from that video, we would invite them to a formal tryout. So we'll still have that piece of it. The only change we're looking at is high school cheerleaders, all-star cheerleaders, younger cheerleaders could send us videos starting earlier in their career to maybe get on our radar and we could help them grow a little bit more and give them advice earlier. I know I listened to your podcast with the Michigan State alumni the other day, and I think listening to some of their tryout experiences with cheerleading being so different once you enter college versus how high school is, I think that us as, as colleges need to help that process a little bit from start to finish because I get cheerleaders are, are senior and decide I want to cheer in college, but it's so Much more competitive now than it was when I cheered, and even I think when you cheered, that there is a skill set that is expected and needed right out of high school versus where used to you'd come to college and we could kind of teach you more.
1: Right. That makes sense. That's, yeah, it does. Absolutely. That's what I was going to ask because it seemed like for all of us, the biggest thing was partner stunting, going from all Mm -hmm. girl to just one single partner was completely different. So I'm wondering, do these girls then come in with partner stunting somehow. And that's the hard part. They
2: do, some do and some don't and it's understandable when somebody maybe doesn't have access or ability to, you know, get that that skill set prior to coming, but it is now when I have so many athletes that do have it, it makes it more difficult for somebody that maybe didn't have that opportunity to you know, be able to get their foot in the door. So I want to be able to give those opportunities earlier. If you're interested, let us see if I can set you up with someone in your area or if you I can get a clinic that you can come into. So providing more opportunities so that, you know, we're able to see everybody and see their full skill set versus waiting till they kind of walk in our doors and then attempting to teach that skill set.
1: Right. No, I think that's great. And then it'll also give you, it, it'll be better for you because you won't have to teach that to these people as freshmen. You'll get that, you know, some of those harder skills out of the way walking in the door.
2: Right. And Michigan having uh cheerleading as a sport in high school, that competitiveness and that understanding and respect of a true sport is really beneficial to all programs. It does make it difficult because we are a co-ed team. And with the sport in high school being a female sport, it's hard for males to also get experience early. Um, They can do it through all-star or sideline um, cheerleading. But I mean, it's a completely different sports shift from high school Michigan cheerleading to college Michigan cheerleading. So you want to be able to, like I said, try to figure out how to close that gap, open more opportunities, get people in the door. So they feel comfortable coming to tryouts. We kind of know who's coming and what to expect and it makes it all more competitive and it grows our program more and it helps grow. I think high school, cheerleaders
1: that are interested in cheering in college in general. So that video that they send you, would that be the first cut? Or is that anyone who sends you a video is welcome to come try out? Yes.
2: So the video would be the first cut. So you would send that in. And if you do not have the required skills, then having you come to our formal tryouts, it may not be the right time. So I would send back information of, here's what I think you should work on. If you master these skills, we would love to have you try out again for us in the future so that they know what to work on and what I'm looking for to better prepare them. And then once they get to our formal tryouts, the first two days are kind of, there's some evaluation from our coaches that have some scoring elements to it. And then some of it is watching them work on the skills And if I, again, if they've now come to the formal tryouts and those required skills are not being seen as mastered at that time, it's a conversation that I would have that they may not finish the tryout weekend. So there are some second cuts that could happen in those first couple days. And then on the third day, they do a trial in front of a judging panel. So I kind of remove myself um, from that final process, which is unique. I think to maybe our sport, maybe even our school, but I want to get outside perspectives so that it is based on a skill set and how they do um, in a pressure situation. It is difficult at Michigan State. I think you all talked about it on with the alumni of we have really large crowds and we do women's basketball, men's basketball, women's volleyball, and men's football all of those majority of the time are on national television. So there's that added pressure. And on top of that, in our stadiums for all of those, we average at our lowest, maybe 4,000 fans all the way to 75,000. So I think that final day gives a little sense of pressure. And are you able to feel that competitiveness and show those required skills You know, when it's time to perform also?
1: I got
0: nervous just hearing that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know it is very nervous. We try, I try as hard as I can to keep it lighthearted. Like we play music and I, my veterans are also trying out. So they're usually a little more relaxed because they've gone through the process. So, and everybody's supportive and they want all the new people that are coming through to do well. And if somebody has a little, you know, bobble, like you can go again, it's not, you know, let's try it again and try to make it, Not so serious, but there's still pressure. You're still fighting for your dream to be a part of the team. So trying to balance, I see both sides. So it is nerve wracking, I'm sure. And we try to keep it calm as possible.
0: (laughs) No, that's great that you guys are trying to cultivate that environment to help the transition. And You know, listening to what you were talking about with recruiting, I think I'm a little confused to when it comes to verbal commits or the exact age when you can actually start communicating with the college coach, because my experience with playing college ball, there were certain times when I was in high school, like I wasn't allowed, like they weren't allowed to communicate with me. So can you explain that process of when should these athletes be starting to get in touch and show their work to coaches in college? I
2: think it depends on the university. So Reaching out if you're interested in colleges and asking the specific coach, hey, when's the best time? Is it my freshman year, my sophomore year, junior, whatever year? Because I do think we are not regulated the same way um, with compliance as an NCAA varsity sport is. Each university sees cheer as different. So Michigan State does hold us as varsity athletes in the sense of we – receive varsity letters, we are able to utilize all the same resources that the varsity NCAA students, athletes are. And we also are held to the same compliance regulations. So Michigan State may have a different timing than Central Michigan does or Grand Valley. So it kind of depends on where you're interested in going. Um, But I will hold more to Standard of recruiting that a football athlete might like when it comes to timing. So, those are things we're still sorting out to really lock down. But we would have our goal is that we'd be able to let seniors know, maybe in the fall of their senior year, that you know, you have this skill set, I've seen you enough times, and I know that you are ready to be a part of this program that we could maybe offer a spot on our team earlier than that formal tryout.
0: That makes sense. And I respect that. And something too, I think I mentioned, you know, I personally have not, I have not been a cheerleader. You know, what I've heard about all-star cheerleading versus Michigan cheerleading, even though we've talked about how competitive that can be in my mind, it seems to me like I'd have more of an advantage if I made the route to do all-star. And I know in Michigan, you can't do high school cheer and all-star cheer So if you were to go back in time, back to when you were in high school and like you wanted to be recruited, like what would you do like in today's time?
2: Yeah, I think that is a battle here in Michigan because both high school cheerleading and all-star can give you different benefits. And I think the student athletes that have been able to do both, meaning they may do all-star growing up and then shift to high school, cheer or vice versa they do a couple years of high school and then shift to all-star but those that have a background in both i think it gives the most benefit high school cheerleading in michigan man i don't have to worry about motions i don't have to worry about understanding precision body awareness and how crisp everything is as we know watching around two you can tell how athletic these girls are let alone a round three where they're adding their stunting skills and their pyramids into there. And then you flip to the all-star side and I think you get this benefit of the fun and the bouncing and the brightness because you get to perform with music and it's a more of a show and have your own personality a little bit. So and both sides, high school and all-star, build the skill set. So they, they push for those talks. They push for handspring talks. They push your, t- your running tumbling. And all-girl stunting, though it's different, definitely can prepare for that
0: transition into
2: co-ed stunning.
0: That's good to know. And I, I like how you were answering earlier and you were saying that you want to give that due diligence to each and be able to give them advice to help them grow for when they want to play college sports and on that note I think you know when you're a high schooler you want to come in and be better than the girls and the boys who are cheering in college so what kind of stunts or what you know specific skill sets are you looking for that could potentially you know be better than the students that you have now like that you'd like to see in future classes
2: I think pushing the running tumbling would be helpful I've seen it it has grown a lot I think prior with MHSAA it wasn't a um in their scoring, it didn't add to the max score. So standing tumbling was really pushed and it is shown because I have wonderful standing tucks and handspring tucks. They're solid, don't have to worry about them. That is a requirement. Most of our cheerleaders have done them for so many years now. It's great. And I think pushing the running tumbling a little bit, I think standard I get round off handspring tuck, which is a requirement, but being able to push to a layout or a fold that you've mastered, I get more each year. And I think that all-star pushes that running tumbling a little bit more. So I have seen last year, the group that was starting to try out, unfortunately, before we had to stop, I think 80% of them had just beautiful round off handspring fulls, which is abnormal for a tryout year for me.
1: So Elise, speaking of tryouts for this year, 2021, do you know if you'll have any open spots on your team?
2: We will. We did not take new class last year. When we were shut down in March, I had just received their videos. So we were just starting that process. And I think I personally, I may be the only one. I'm definitely the only one in the Big Ten. I'm not sure if I'm the only one in Michigan, but I did not continue with our tryout process. I attempted. I kept pushing it, postponing it, but for me, it was difficult to add people onto my team when I wasn't able to answer when we were going to start practicing, if we were to be at a game, and we haven't been able to this year. So It was hard for me not to add new people, but I also had to prioritize if I was able to do anything this year, I I might need to start with my seniors and then my veterans, and then I would look at adding more new people. But to this point, we have not been able to do anything. We have not met as a full team since March 13th of 2020. Wow. So it's
1: been almost a year since you've had your team together. Correct. Oh my goodness. Okay, so there will be a tryout at some point, hopefully starting with the video like you said and then some sort of clinic type and then hopefully something in front of the judges. And there will be spots open for new people. We're just not sure how many yet. Is that correct? Yes, and that
2: correct. And I do have flexibility with numbers. There's not a max per se, though Without taking a new class, and I will still have seniors graduating, it will actually be more spots than normal going into the 2021 22 season. So I will ha- I am sure I will have some comebacks from last year that we're trying out that weren't able to finish that process. So it may, I'm making an assumption that I will have a bigger pool to choose from also, but I do have more spots
1: to fill. Gotcha. Okay. So once they do make the team, what are some expectations out of MSU cheerleaders? I know you said you listened to the podcast last week with some of the alumni and we talked about all the other things besides just being a cheerleader and having practices. Of course, the games, the events, maybe competition, travel, grades, like balancing friendships, all of these other things. So what would these girls and boys come to expect from being on your team?
2: There is a lot of time management that I think is a learning curve for some. Others have that skill set from coming in from high school. But we have, in the last, I would say five to six years, really had great support from our administration, and it pushed us, like I talked about earlier, to really match uh, the varsity athletes' expectations. So we have limited and pulled back on some things we would normally do, and we've added other things so we weightlift the same amount um, which is only two times a week but we have our strength and conditioning coaches that do that we practice three to four times a week depending on the season and in the fall we have in November we have up to all four sports happening in the same week so we try to balance their time for them if we have a lot of games we might have to cancel some practices. To help keep us under those kind of 20 hours a week limits of NCAA that we do try to follow. But on top of that, they have volunteer opportunities, which is for students that maybe because they're student athlete won't have the opportunity to go out and you know get a volunteer consistent weekly opportunity. We do events, they can be anything from showing up at a birthday party and doing the fight song or going to speak at an alumni event and talk about our team and tell them you know a little bit about themselves and those are all volunteers so nobody's mandated to do them it's if they have extra time that week the benefit for them is is it does get them points Um, there's kind of a point system which is difficult to understand but that's how they kind of earn the ability to to travel when we travel away to football games or basketball games because those travel parties are limited numbers so if you do if you're on our team you get point like the longer you're on your team you get points and then the more volunteer opportunities you also receive points so
0: competitive cheer is always about good sportsmanship it's a motto that mhsaa wants to reinforce across all sports listen to this
1: Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities to listen to respect to understand to practice common decency to have competition without contentiousness Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people a message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Now, are you still splitting your team between white squad and green squad? Is that still a thing?
2: It's not as distinct. It's kind of... I wanted a little bit more fluidity. I like to watch people grow. So there, when I came on, there was a green and a white, and it seemed as though it was set for the year. Like, if you're on green, you're on for the whole year. If you're on white, you're on for the whole year. So we have tried many different ways in my tenure here and we have put people on green squad and white squad and then there's kind of still a gray squad or always opportunity to move and shift upwards so it gives opportunity so you if you were on our green squad you're kind of guaranteed to do certain games and if you're on a gray or white squad, you have the ability to still earn opportunity to do that, but you may not be on every single one. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. So it's not really necessarily like a JV or varsity. Right.
2: I wanted to build and even when I added dance to build a spirit program and to feel as one team and one program versus it was feeling divided at times um, with a kind of a varsity and a JV, there's benefits to both and there's cons to both. Um, so that's why it's a little more
1: fluid, but yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's probably a good way to do it. That way, even people that are on green, you know, don't, you're not like, okay, I made green. I'm I'm good to go now. I'm here for two years or one year or whatever it is. Like you got to keep, keep working, keep practicing, keep getting better to keep your spot.
2: Yeah. And again, we're, I'm trying to, look at the other sports and see, you know, it's difficult. If you look at a volleyball, you have your whole team there. You have your starters. You have somebody that may stay in the whole game, but you're rotating people in. And with cheer, once you're on a game, it's not really the way that we work for us to like rotate somebody in to be like, okay, you're in, in the second quarter, you're in the first quarter. Um, Oh, I didn't like how that went. You jump in there. It's, we have to plan things out and be a little more strategic. So we do it more game to game. So there's kind of still that, you know, if you're, if you're having a really good week, then you might get a benefit of being on this game that you may not have thought you were going to be on. And you know, if there's an opportunity to open up, it gives Space for somebody new to, you know, be a part of a green squad for a week. And I hope that it kind of spreads the opportunities around to more
0: people. What qualities would you say that your most, for lack of better words, like your most successful cheerleaders possess that you feel are very prominent?
2: I think that being a great teammate, cheer is such a sport that you have to trust and be able to communicate with your other team members because. You're literally putting your life in other people's hands at times. So I think those that do well, that are able to be leaders by example, like really put all their energy in and work as hard as they can and then are able to bring their teammates along with them, if that makes sense. If you can, if your teammates trust you, then they start to feel confident in themselves and it just, it kind of is a ripple effect. So I, I'm answering the question when I look at certain teams, every year you have a different team. You know, our program will have certain program standards, but I always talk about every year the team could look completely different because it's what that team needs for that year. So I think those that succeed the most can understand that it depends on the team. And as if you trust each other, communicate with each other and you're, working your hardest, it's going to build your team that you're strong and it helps our program in the
0: long term. Absolutely. And it definitely sounds like you were describing Antoinette because Antoinette, I loved hearing the stories about how you were trying to help build up your teammates when they weren't necessarily on the green squad yet, or just trying to make the team and something for you coach. I understand that you're also the coach for the dance team. Do these two teams, like, do they ever come work together? Are they competitive? I think there's across the country.
2: Um, if you were to take a poll of dance and cheer at high schools or colleges, they, you know, you would get different vibes at each university. I offered to take over the role of coach for dance after their coach had left to get a job in the NBA, uh, and I thought it's the middle of the season. It would just be easier if we kind of all. I already know their names like I already know what needs to happen like let's just put this together Um, I do not have a dance background I had to teach kind of palm style dances for uh, UCA camps so I had that in my background but when it came to technical dance I did not have that and I relied on our captains a lot but over the years I again I think this would be my eighth season with dance And we've really worked to talk about being a program and we all need to work together because we're doing the same thing at these games and we need to respect each other's sport. And I feel like they've come together over the years and, you know, found friends on either side of cheer or dance. And we do lots of practices, overlap events together, but we do, many things separate too to focus on their individual sports and their individual teams. So it's kind of a collaboration
0: throughout the the year. That's great that they have you to kind of be that bridge between the two because I feel at first I can understand how it would be necessarily not I don't want to say they wouldn't get along but how they're different sports essentially but um Moving forward, what is the toughest skill that you would say you're trying to get your team or one of your members to learn this year or last year? And I know COVID, COVID kind of prohibits some of that.
2: It's interesting because the more experience we can get high schoolers to work on, then it makes our jobs easier when they come to college. So we've really been trying to push our progressions of stunts. We kind of have to start over with a lot each year because we have guys that come in that we pull from other sports you know they played baseball in high school or they did wrestling or football and we get they have athletic background they're excited they're extroverted they have school spirit so we recruit them to come be a cheerleader and you have to kind of teach them everything and so i think just continuing to get our guys into cheer Early. If we can have them come their freshman year, then we get four years and then our skill set builds because we have more time. So just say one skill that I want our team to get is difficult because it does depend on each year and how many veterans, um, not only guys, but also females that we have coming back because the more experience they have in co-ed, you know, the longer I'm able to work with them and we're able to work together as a program, the, the better our program becomes, if
0: that makes sense. (laughs) It does. I feel like I always forget that, like the co-ed aspect of it, because whenever I pictured Michigan high school cheer, I always think of it just being filled with female athletes. Correct. Yeah. So adding that the males in
2: and again, that you're teaching them a brand new sport and asking them to be, you know, a collegiate athlete quickly in this new sport it translates easier for others sometimes or faster. So it kind of depends on the year. But I mean, as long as we continue to progress um, as a team and we you know, we try different things every year and how it works and I felt like last year we were on such a great upswing and of course we were stopped just kind of like in our tracks. But we, we've come up with things over the years and I think last year we came up with some ways to evaluate that weren't as nerve wracking but they were more to show how well people were doing to help build confidence to show you can grow each week Um, cheerleading doesn't have statistics as you know as much as like a basketball team so you might see game one your free throw shooting is a 50% and by game seven it's at 60% you're able to see that growth and we kind of figured out a way to put some stats into our practices and evaluations to see so they can see that growth. And I I believe that's helped. I've tried to ask and see what our teammates think. And it seems like it helped them. But we feel as though when we come back, we might be starting from ground zero again. So it's
0: a little weird to talk about right now. All right. Well, wishing you guys the best of luck as that moves forward. Definitely. <laughs> so Elise, what is one thing that you'd want
1: your athletes to remember from their time cheering at MSEO?
2: Again, not to. in case others didn't listen to your alumni podcast, you should go listen to it. (laughs) But (laughs) I think that when you look back, there are certain games you're going to remember. We talk about it all the time. It's not always the game that was the most exciting and the one that we won. Sometimes it's the game that rained the hardest for four hours and we stood outside. You know, sometimes it's the game that our travel route that took us there was – Weird and crazy, and that's our memory. So, I think that I hope whatever they look back on being a part of the program, that it really is the opportunities and experiences, win or lose, that is so unique to not only cheerleading, but Michigan State University. And I know when I look back, you know, I went to Central Michigan, it is a D1 school, but it's smaller. And being a part of the Big Ten is such a crazy experience knowing what I experienced and I look back at my time coaching and I think some of my best memories aren't particularly having to do with winning, but more so the journey and the actual travel or the late night or early morning practice and laughing so hard, you're crying because you're exhausted, but you're with your favorite people. So I hope that they have those same experiences that last them, you know, the
1: stories
2: they can tell their friends 20 years from now and <laughs> still feels like it just happened yesterday.
1: uh, I love that. I was just smiling so much listening to that. That's cool. I'm sure they will have awesome memories having you as their coach. So is there anything that you would like to tell both female and male cheerleaders out there about why they should consider MSU cheerleading?
2: I think Michigan State provides such uh, opportunity in so many diverse ways, not only being a part of our athletic department that is very supportive of both our cheer and dance programs, but also the ability to connect with so many people. Michigan State, their alumni base, the amount of people just on campus, the amount of community support is so vast that that's where I find coolest moments to watch our team to be able to be a part of a parade or walking through an airport and somebody from you know 20 yards away yelling go green go and you have just turning around to yell go white even though you don't know who said it those are experiences that will I think are you not totally unique to Michigan State, but it's a community while you're here and for the rest of your life. And I also think that being an ambassador here at Michigan State, because we utilize that word as a student athlete, you're you're the face of Michigan State at times and people will recognize you. You will be walking down the street and they saw you at the volleyball game last week and they may stop you and ask how you're doing or see you wearing a cheer cheerleading shirt and, oh, you're on the team, I know this person, or did you get to go to that game? And it's a way to meet people and interact and spark conversation. And beyond that, I think we're growing. Uh, we're working to be competitive um, within ourselves and across and against other national schools when we are working in our competition realm. So I hope that if people are looking at Michigan State, they see the all-around value that being a part of this university this athletic department and our cheerleading program could really bring to their world and
1: enhance their college experience. I'm laughing as you say this because I'm looking down at my shirt. I have a Michigan State cheerleading t-shirt on. I have a Michigan State water bottle in front of me. I have a Michigan State notebook. I'm like mid-30s here. Yes. Still rocking out all my Michigan State stuff, but you're totally right. It is a community and it's, you know, it's an an identity for a lot of people. That's just really cool that you're involved with that. I know that you've had a lot of success at MSU and we're so grateful you took out time today to talk to us. Thank you so much for being here and sharing that information about tryouts. We hope you guys are able to have one this year. I think you will, but thank you so much for your time, Elise. Thank you,
2: Coach. Definitely. Absolutely. And I encourage anybody that's interested in Michigan State cheerleading, whether it's just to get more info or try out, to reach out either directly to me, my my cell phone number is on our MSU Spartans website. You can text me. You can look at us on Instagram, send a message. We're on Facebook, TikTok, all of it. Just reach out to us. Don't be scared. We're friendly people, I promise. And I'd love to talk to you more about our program.